Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to Afternoons with Bill Arnold. I'm the Bill Arnold part of that little sentence. We're going to have a great afternoon with the Blooms. John and Pam Bloom are in studio. It's going to be the Deep Thinker Thursday. The question we want to raise today is, what do you say to God when you're experiencing a faith crisis? So what do you say to God? What do you, what do you cry out? What do you say? How do you pray? What do you say to him when you're experiencing a faith crisis? And maybe you've even had uh, a faith crisis and you've worked through it and it really strengthened your faith. And you'd be willing to share that short, brief, couple sentence story with us. If you want, we'd love to hear from you because it's it really strengthens the body of Christ. So that number to text the story, if you're so inspired to do it, is 877-933-2484. You can, of course, remain anonymous. Uh, John Bloom is the co-founder of DesiringGod.org. He's a uh, regular contributor there. He's got probably over 600 articles. He's written several books, and he and his wife Pam live here in the Twin Cities and are nice enough to come in and be part of the program on a monthly basis. And here it is. It's that Thursday of the month, the January Thursday. Here you guys are. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Great to be back. So where do we start with this big concept of uh, experiencing a faith crisis? John, I know you've had one. Well, I, I would actually say I would probably have had a number of them, <laughs> okay. um, and uh, and I think we the best place to start is to explain what what I mean by the faith crisis because I think that um, probably people hear that in connection with somebody who's struggling with the question, you know, does God exist? I mean, like sort of the ultimate faith questions. And of course, that is a faith crisis, but there are, but faith crises take uh, many different forms. And so I think a way to think about a crisis of faith is whatever occurs, what occurs when we believe, uh, I'm sorry, when, when what we believe about God doesn't seem to match the reality that we're experiencing or observing. And so it produces cognitive dissonance in us and, and, a, and a disorientation, all right? So it's, it's really the, the incongruity between what we, what we believe that the Scripture teach, says about God or what we know about God and what we're observing in our experience or observation. There's mm-hmm. just like that's, it's that incongruity and, and, and the confusion that develops there. That's when crises of faith occur. And... Um, and the reason this is important is, I mean, one of the, the one of the reasons even to tackle this is because last month when we were here, um, people were sharing stories about their lives, things that they were going through, uh, right. because because of the subject matter that we were talking about, mm-hmm. just just moments of desperation in life, and really people, numerous people were sharing what I would call crises of faith, things that were going on that they didn't know what to do with, weren't sure how to make sense of, and. Uh, and I, we just, Pam and I just felt like, well, people need 
some hope um, because, you know, I, I have gone through an, that experience a number of times. And the, and the, <laughs> the fact is that there are people in Scripture. This is a, this is a, a, a phenomenon that occurs in Scripture um, new, at numerous places, especially in the Psalms. And so I think we can be, like, we're in good company. There, there's a number of saints who've endured faith crises um, in the Bible. And because they're included in the Bible, it, we know that God knows this is a part of our experience. This is part of the fight of faith for many of us. And so when we're talking about what do you say to God, <laughs> that's, that's the tack we're taking here. What do you say to God? Because during a faith crisis, you, you know, like, oftentimes you don't feel like saying anything to God. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's hard to talk to. You're having relational problems. <laughs> that's how it feels. Can I trust? <laughs> can I trust God? Is He there? For maybe, maybe that's the question. Or can, if He is, can I trust Him? Is He really good? Does He really love me? Because it doesn't appear that way. And so, um, we're going to what, I, what we thought we would do is look at one particular psalm that chronicles what I think is a faith crisis going on in the psalmist. And that's Psalm 10. And we'll, we'll, we'll briefly look at that, I think, for the first part of our time together. And in the second part, if people are kind enough to share either their testimony, like you encourage them to do, or they might have questions about something, uh, a crisis they're enduring or something they love is enduring, or they just want prayer for for what they're enduring or something that they love is enduring. We, we would love to to pray for people Absolutely. in the in the, in the yeah. last part of our time together. So let me just uh, remind you once again, if you have worked through a faith crisis and it really strengthened your faith and you could capsulate uh, your thoughts in two or, th- two or three sentences, uh, that would be wonderful. We'd love to share with our listeners what that is. And if you are in a faith crisis right now, uh, or maybe someone you love is in a faith crisis and, and you are trying to endure this uh, we want to pray for you. So let me know what that prayer request is. Both can go to 877-933-2484. 877 Okay. I was just going to add, if if someone's listening and they're thinking, I've heard the topic today and that doesn't apply to me, mm-hmm. stay curious and stay with it. Because I would say, I don't know that I've had a faith crisis, but I'm learning through this. It prepares me for when I do and how to care for my friends who experience it. Like, it'll give you insight into someone else who you might go like, why are they doubting? Or, And give you permission to talk about it. Great yeah, word, like me. Yeah, that's a great <laughs> word. Yeah. <laughs> because she's walked with me through my various various struggles over the years and has been a, a huge help to me. Was it difficult, Pam, walking through with those crises with him? Yes. It was. Okay. Yeah, I, I watched him be disoriented, and that disoriented me. I so bet. it's kind of like I had a vicarious faith crisis. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. It does. And so. I just, I mean, sooner or later, most Christians, um, I, I mean, this, this, this is not an issue of, you know, who we call this deep thinker Thursday, right? Mm-hmm. This, is, this is not an issue of who thinks the deepest right. or who's, you know, like, like, like there's nothing more virtuous or more spiritual about, about going through faith crises. It's just things that happen. It's part of the struggle, the fight of faith. It, it can it can have, and it ought to have, and God often uses it to forge faith in us. And we're gonna we're gonna take a look at that in a little bit. But however, it's not it's not a badge of honor to wear. It's a hard, disorienting thing. Mm-hmm. And so we're all helping each other 
you know, keep the faith and, and, uh, and make it across the line. And so some, some of us deal with struggles and other of us are helping those who are dealing with those kind of struggles. So it's safe to say it's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. For most of us, for I most. think that's, that's yeah, true. For to some degree or another. Yeah, to some degree. Okay. So, and it, you're not saying that a, a crisis of faith means a loss of faith. No, no, it doesn't necessarily mean that. I mean, it can lead to that, we, mm-hmm. right? We know people. Um, we, we maybe have gone there or maybe we're in the middle of a, of a struggle. Some of us, you know, or maybe are in the middle of a struggle. We're wondering if that's happening. Um, but what I'm here to say is a crisis of faith does not necessarily mean a loss of faith. It doesn't need to go there. Um, in fact, it's often through crises that we learn really what faith is. And the Bible, I think, bears that up for in numerous places. Mm-hmm. So there are, different, there are just different kinds of, of faith crises. Let's just talk about that. Okay? Okay. So we got God. Does God exist? That's a, that's a faith crisis. That's is this all one. real? Yeah. Is it real? You know? Um, and that's a common thing to experience. Is this real? Um, you know, you, you just see things. There are moments in the Bible where that seems to surface with, with biblical writers. You know, the, the writer of Ecclesiastes is struggling with things going on there. You know, um, there, there, are, there are psalmists who are wondering what in the world is going on. That, so so some, some people probably listening are, are wrestling with, does God exist? Is this whole thing real? Um, another form is, is God who he says he is or not? Because in my experience right now, it doesn't look like his character matches what, he's, what he says in, in the Bible. And that one example of a very public figure who went through that would be C.S. Lewis. So, so at the end of, you know, toward the end of his life, his wife died of cancer, his wife Joy, and he wrote this book called A Grief Observed. Mm-hmm. And that was a chronicling of his crisis of faith. He, he, said in the early parts of that that he wasn't um it wasn't he wasn't so much in danger of of believing that god didn't exist he was more in the danger of thinking god isn't good right he's not who he who he thought he was and that book works through that and i think a lot of people go through that or people feel they just don't feel loved by god or or god says he answers prayer and they don't see answers to prayer and they're like what is with that? Or there's so much suffering and, and evil in the world, it's hard to understand how God could possibly be just and merciful. And that's the issue in Psalm 10. That's the psalm we want to take a look at. Okay. We'll take a little break. Uh, had a nice uh, comment from a listener. Losing a beautiful, faith-filled 20-year-old son to leukemia, one who ministered to others from his hospital bed, coming up on the eighth anniversary of his homegoing. Mm-hmm. Have your faith shaken good and hard eventually shows you something the Lord knew that you needed to know and that he is still the Lord. Your Lord and his sovereignty and transcendental wisdom remains. We are stronger in trust in him than ever, and we will see the Lord and our son yet again. Wow. Amen. Wow. Beautiful. beautiful. We'll be right back with John and Pam Bloom. This is Deep Thinker Thursday, talking about crisis of faith. If you have gone through one and you would like to share a brief story of Uh, what it did to you and where you are today, uh, you can do that. Send it to 877-933-2484. Or if you're in your own personal crisis of faith right now, we'd love to be aware of it. You can remain anonymous and we will pray for you, even on the air. We'll be right back.
We're back with John and Pam Bloom. We call this Deep Thinker Thursday because they are deep thinkers. Anyway, we're talking about crisis of faith today, and we're going to jump right now to uh, Psalm 10, which is going to do some illustrating on a crisis of faith, and it's going to be read by Pam. Okay, Psalm 10. Why, O Lord, do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? In arrogance, the wicked hotly pursue the poor. Let them be caught in the schemes that they have devised. For the wicked boasts of the desires of his soul, and the greedy for gain curses and renounces the Lord. In the pride of his face, the wicked does not seek him. All his thoughts are, there is no God. His ways prosper at all times, your judgments on high, out of his sight. As for all his foes, he puffs at them. He says in his heart, I shall not be moved. Without, throughout all generations, I shall not meet adversity. His mouth is filled with cursing and deceit and oppression. Under his tongue are mischief and iniquity. He sits in ambush in the villages. In hiding places, he murders the innocent. He eyes stealthily, his eyes stealthily watch for the helpless. He lurks in ambush like a lion in his thicket. He lurks that he may seize the poor. He seizes the poor when he draws him into his net. The helpless are crushed, sink down, and fall by his might. He says in his heart, God is forgotten. He has hidden his face. He will never see it. Wow. Now, let me just draw out what I mean when I say I think this man was articulating. He's writing verse, putting his, his faith crisis to, to verse, because he begins in, in verse 1, Why, O Lord, do you stand far away? Why are, do you hide yourself in times of trouble? Whew. You know, think about this. This is a song, right? The Psalms are the songbook of Israel. This was actually written to be sung corporately. When was the last time in church you sang a song that began with, why, O oh Lord, do you stand far away? <laughs> and why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? Yeah. Not very uh, often. N- no. I, I mean, we, we don't talk much like that now. Um, but this was... It's, it's, I just want you to n- want to note for just a moment, we're going to come back to this. This is in the Bible. Like, like This is part of the authoritative word of God. He put it in there. All right. So, but, but he's disturbed. This, this psalmist is deeply disturbed. And he's disturbed because he's witnessing wicked acts from somebody. Or it could have been one person. It could have been a group of people. We don't, we don't know. And he's disturbed that the wicked are prospering from their wickedness and the helpless victims are suffering and not being helped. Now, he has believed that God is a righteous judge, like it says in Psalm 711, who executes justice for the helpless and vulnerable, like it says in Deuteronomy 1018. But he's not seeing justice executed for the helpless and vulnerable. What he's seeing is the wicked oppressor of the helpless prosper at all times, in verse 5. Why isn't God immediately stopping this Injustice. It's beyond this, this writer. He's, he's, that's why he's, he's asking God, why, 
why do you stand far off? <laughs> why are you hiding yourself in times of trouble? It's a moment of crisis for him because God doesn't seem to be acting with what he understands Scripture to describe God as. And God seems distant and hidden. It kind of feels hidden to him, and he recognizes that he's, God is hidden from this wicked person who's not coming to terms with what he's doing. And so it's a moment of crisis for the psalmist. And here's the thing. He tells God this, all right? The, one of the clearest evidence here that, that this psalmist is not forsaking God, right? His, his, his crisis of faith is not leading him to abandon God is the very presence of the psalm in the Bible. He, this psalmist is actually praying. And, and so the first thing to, 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 to say, if you're going through a crisis of faith of some kind, don't stop praying, even though you likely find it very hard to do right now. That's one, one thing. Now, <clears throat> Psalm 10 is an example of what prayer can sound like in a faith crisis. All right? So, so we're, this, we're given this as an example. This is, this is one way to pray. It's not the only way to pray. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But, but it's one way to pray. Prayer in a crisis is an honest expression of how things appear to us. And it's okay to express to God the incongruity of what we see. Right? That's what we need to say. What God is doing in prayers like this in the Bible is saying, it's okay for you to express this. Now, the, the, the writer is using some pretty strong language. And it you know, makes us wonder, like, is it okay to talk like this? Is this disrespectful to to talk to God in this way? Like, why are you hidden? Why do you hide yourself? Well, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's very possible to speak um, to God in, with sinful disrespect, just like, just like we can speak with, with sinful disrespect to other people with whom we, that we don't understand. And so that, it's possible. You, we can be presumptuous. We can be rash with our words. We need to be careful. It is true. But the honest expression of our confusion and pain is not disrespectful. It's just being honest with God. And like the psalmist, we should be angry at the way evil ravages people. I think when we hear anger, we're hearing his anger over what the wicked are doing to the helpless. All right? It doesn't mean that we have permission to just direct our anger to God and shake our fist at him and say, why aren't you doing anything? It's okay to say, I don't understand why you're not. Why is this, God? But we should be angry at evil. And we should be disturbed if it looks like what God says about himself and what he promises isn't what we're seeing. It's, it's like, because we know that's not the way it ought to be. And it's not what we desire. We desire justice when we see injustice. We desire help when we see somebody suffering. And it's okay to have those impulses. But we should not jump to the conclusion that what we actually see at those moments is what is actually accurate. An expression you just said a few minutes ago, John, is when you're saying that how things appear to us. 
Now, that's a, a powerful statement, but it's also there's times when I think if a loved one is dying before you, it's not how it appears to you, it's what's actually happening. Right. So there would be the the, the pain of that reality. Right. And not, um, this is what it looks like to me, what's just happening, but something could be happening different. I think there are certain realities that you just go, ooh, this is this is it. Well, that's a good illustration because we just heard somebody share a testimony of that eight years ago. Right. They lost a precious son, and right. in the moment... Or maybe shortly afterwards, trying to make sense of what what in the world was that about? Why yeah. why him? Yeah. And what and what I mean by appearance is not like well he didn't like like the death experience wasn't didn't happen. What I what it, it would be like you didn't do anything like like it appears to be like you you just took you took one of the best. Why in the world would you do that? That doesn't seem right to me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't appear right to me. But. What they say eight years later is they have found God to be faithful. They understand. They have deeper insights into His ways. Not necessarily that they understand all the reasons, but but something has made a connection for them that 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 has deepened their trust in the wisdom of God. His his they called I think they they called it transcendental. Right? They, they're His transcendent Trans, transcendent yeah transcendent mm-hmm. wisdom. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so that what that what that means is they recognized there's more than there's more going on here than I know. Yeah. Uh, John, a listener, just said, of course, that um, when you think about a thought about God answering prayer, not every, not necessarily yes every time, but yes, no, or wait, it's definitely one of those since he's not our heavenly vending machine. We know that he is always way ahead of us. So there's that wisdom yep. way ahead. Yeah. I've talked to people who have lived in, with, a, with a measure of discouragement or a significant measure of discouragement because they just feel like, I, I don't know that I've ever see, really seen an answer to prayer. And so it's those kind of things that ca- can cause a, a crisis. Now, we're not going to get in too much into the weeds there, but, but um, you know, there are things that produce crises in us that make us really wonder and question. And so, but you're right. I mean, so, so from, from cover to cover, the Bible is just full of examples that God has purposes in everything that he does that extend far beyond our ability to comprehend. And, and our perceptions and our ability to make sense of them are just extremely limited. And so we have really good reason to trust in the Lord with all our heart and not lean on our own understanding. Mm-hmm. Take a little break. Uh, the Blooms are in studio. We call this Deep Thinker Thursday. If you've had a crisis of faith, maybe you've worked through it and you've come on to the other side of this crisis and God has shown you something rich and powerful and you'd be willing to share it with us so we can share it with the listeners. You can, you know, maybe put it together in two or three sentences. uh, Text it to me at 877-933-2484. If you like old-fashioned email, it's bill at myfaithradio.com. If you're in a crisis, we want to pray for you. Let us know what it is. 877-933-2484. We'll be right back. It is the 
afternoon show. I'm so glad that John and Pam Bloom are in studio. We're talking about having a crisis of faith. If you've had one, you know what that was like. If you're willing to share what it is, we'd love to hear from you. We'll share it with our listeners. So maybe you've worked through a faith crisis and it really strengthened your faith. And you can let me know what that is. Send it over in a text, 877-933-2484. Or maybe you yourself are in a, or someone you love are in a crisis right now. And that's just crushing your spirit or you're not knowing what to do or you're having trouble talking to God about it. Let us know what that is. We will pray for you on this show. So 877-933-2484. All right, let's talk more about Psalm chapter 10. I think there's six more verses, Pam, you're going to read as to what the psalmist will do. So continuing in verse 12, it says, Arise, O Lord, O God, lift up your hand. Forget not the afflicted. Why does the wicked renounce God and say in his heart, You will not call to account? But do you see, for you note note mischief and vexation, that you take it into your hands. To you the helpless commits himself. You have been the helper of the fatherless. Break the arm of the wicked and the evildoer. Call his wickedness to account till you find none. The Lord is king forever and ever. The nations perish from this his land. O Lord, you hear the desire of the afflicted. You will strengthen their heart. You will incline your ear to do justice to the fatherless and to the oppressed so that the man who is of the earth may strike terror no more. Okay, so um, this is how the... The psalmist is handling his particular crisis of faith. Now, like I said, crisis of there's different kinds. Uh, this isn't going to apply to everybody's personal experience, but we can learn from what he, this man is doing in his. So what he's what he's doing is he's asking God to vindicate his righteousness, the righteousness that the Scripture so clearly says is his, and and um, and to break the power of the wicked. Don't let injustice stand. So he's asking God, he's asking God for God to do what God says he will do, right? So in that sense, he is a praying in accordance with God's will. He does not have control over God's timing. He does not have control how everything looks to him, but he, but he just affirms that God should do what God says he will do. And in doing that, the man is choosing to trust God that God is who he says he is and will do what he says he'll do over his own understanding, meaning the way things look to him. He's affirming what God, what he believes about God and choosing to turn away, in a sense, from his own understanding when it confuses him. And so this is just a helpful model for praying in a crisis. It's not the only scripture to look for. Um, but it's a it's a good one, and um, and so what we see, what I want to say here now is a faith crisis in in general. What we what we see in Scripture is that faith, biblical faith, um, strong faith, is often forged in crises like this, and 
it's a biblical pattern. It, it, we, we see Abraham brought to the end of his ability to comprehend what God is doing and whether he's going to be able to, to fulfill what he has promised after years and years of believing God's going to give them a child and it doesn't happen. Um, there's Joseph. Joseph is, has this dream, and then he ends up in, in an Egyptian prison for 17 years or so, you know, before, before things turn around. And you've got to know, he's, this man would have been wrestling. Uh, Moses had his. David, you know, David is being chased by Saul. He's writing a lot of those psalms, wondering what in the world, God, what are you doing? And um, Daniel was put in some tight places. Jesus' disciples, if you look through how, how all Jesus, what Jesus did with his disciples, he, he threw them into one thing after another that really tested the limits of their faith. And they found how little faith they had. And, of course, Thomas after the resurrection, but he hadn't, when he hadn't seen Jesus yet, was, we had his own crisis of faith that he, I don't, I will never believe, I, I can't believe this, what you guys are telling me. And there are other, there's, there's others, um, other prayers. So here, this is Psalm 10. There's other prayers in, in the Psalms that, give, that help us through various kinds of crises. Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Psalm 73, my foot almost slipped when I observed how the wicked prospered. Psalm 77, I am so troubled by the incongruity that I see that I can't even sleep. Psalm 79, how long, O Lord, your people have been massacred and their bodies are currently rotting in the streets. Psalm 88, I have been Depressed so long. Oh, Lord, why do you cast my soul away? Why do you hide your face from me? Psalm 89. Lord, you made a covenant with David. You said you would never violate that covenant, and now you've renounced the covenant. Why? So those are samplings. Those are samplings. These are in the Bible. Those are strong samplings. They are. Yeah. They are, and they're there for us. Right? Not just for these folks. They're there for us. Yeah. Which just is a beautiful thing because God's showing, God is showing us how we speak to him when we're desperate and he's okay with that. Yes. And because if you're the editor, you might want to cut that out. Exactly. You know, if you're oh, editing yeah. for God, you go, yeah, you might want to leave that one yeah, out. Take Psalm, take Psalm 88, probably the bleakest Psalm. Ends with no hope. Ends with no hope. Yeah. yeah. Like, ends with darkness. Yes. I'd rather just be asleep than in your, in your presence, God. All right. So... <laughs> You know, um, and what, what at least what this tells us is we're not alone in our struggles. God knows they're going to be there. He's given us language. He's given us prayers. He's helping us to, to be able to voice these because this, these are part of the experience that saints go through. And so we have this biblical pattern that faith is put through the fiery crucible of crises. And in the long run, it produces strong faith. Oh, frequently, I mean that's 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 the part of the the, the crucible, and uh, and I get that from First Peter chapter one verse six and seven. In this you rejoice, for now, though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials. That the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it's tested by fire, may be found to result in the praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Crises like this or where we really learn to trust in the Lord with all our heart and not lean on our own understanding. Oftentimes, I mean, I know that, that I didn't really understand what that meant. I thought I did until I really had to put it to the test. And, uh, you know, I don't expect that I'm fully out of the woods with these kinds of experiences. You know, like that's, that's 
But that's where we learn what that verse means. And the last thing I'll say here before we turn towards praying for others is this, that like the, like the, the writer of Psalm 73, the man who almost lost his faith when he, when he saw the prosperity of the wicked, what he discovered and what we are meant to discover, I think, ultimately through our faith crises, is what he says at toward, right toward the end of that psalm. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there's nothing on earth I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but you, God, are the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Wow, that's really, really uh, strong, very um, honest, very raw, that when you are in a crisis, you cry out to God in whatever way you can, and God says, come to me, I'll give you rest. Yeah, and come to me and tell me your pain. Yes, you don't have to try to spiritualize it. You can just come raw, can't you? Right. That's right. Hmm. The Bible is a raw book. Yeah. It was written in during brutal and bloody times. Mm-hmm. And every page is like some suffering person writing to other suffering people. Right. It's pretty raw. It is. Yeah. And church language can seem, the, the circles we're in, there's unwritten... Um, expectations of <laughs> these are the kinds of things you talk about. This is the ways you pray them. And you don't often get raw and gritty and can be shocking if we're not. But it's like it gives permission and then help for listeners not to be shocked. Like if God's not shocked, let's not be either. Like, Yeah, it can be messy. It's a process if someone's having a spiritual temper tantrum, you don't go, why are you doing that? No, you, there's a deep reason and you respect it. And um, maybe be quiet and just sit with someone or listen, say, I'm not going to judge. I'm not going to ask you to edit that prayer or that, that rant. It, you need to have it. Yeah. Good counsel, Pam. All right. Let's uh, address this one. Pam and John, uh, our listener said, I, I had a faith crisis when I got caught up in reading A Course in Miracles. I think that's that the Marianne Williamson book. Um, I don't know if there's a, number of, there's a number of books on miracles out. But. Yeah, anyway, A Course in Miracles. It took me away from the Bible for almost two years, and it caused a deep crisis in my marriage. Through a godly friend at work, I was able to hear the truth of the Bible over six months, and my eyes were finally open to my deception. Thank God for the Holy Spirit working through our friends to help us. Mm. Mm. So maybe the crisis of faith for many today is that they've been deceived. That certainly that certainly happens. And what the, what um, uh, and a really important thing it was just illustrated by by what they shared, and that's that you know if you're having a conflict or a misunderstanding with another person, you can talk to them, right? I mentioned you know you, we can be disrespectful to people that we have, <laughs> right? You know disagreements with but the thing is that person will talk back and god we don't have the sort of back and forth conversations with god god doesn't always doesn't just you know respond to everything that we say um it part of the ways in which god helps us is through the ministry of other people so when we are in crisis um while we we need you know while, while people need to be we need to have a high level of trust in people to kind of divulge these tender spots of our of our souls 
we need to tell people. We, we need to involve them, um, those safe people, in and to help because they oftentimes, the, the ways to be able to see a different angle, like this person just shared, like this, this over a period of months, somebody helped them see. They helped them see that, uh, that what they were, that what, the way they understood things was not right. That's the role that we play with one another. So God speaks through often his, the people that, that he puts in our lives that who, with whom we can be open with. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good word in the Holy Spirit might even be speaking through that person to someone who's listening to quicken like, oh, maybe this topic that I've gone into studying, I've actually been following another person or something extra biblical. And I'm not saying that miracles is, Mm -hmm. they're using their example, but um, that it would be a a warning and a a gracious um, invitation back back to the main thing of the of the Bible and back I don't know. I just I think people should listen. If the Holy Spirit caught you on that, go back and, and think on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. It is not it's a, a book written by Helen Shuckman. Hmm. So that that is the the name of the book, A Course in Miracles. Anyway, that caused deception, took them away from the Bible and then a friend lovingly uh, pointed a way back. So that's a great, great testimony yeah. of being in a f- crisis of faith and then having their faith grow as a result of it. So if that's your situation and you can uh, let me know what it is, I'd love to share the story or maybe you're in a crisis right now uh, and you want to tell me what it is that we can be praying for you. 877-933-2484. Again, 877-933-2484. I will keep you anonymous just so you know i won't mention your name you can just uh, send the text over 877-93-FAITH be right back That's when I used to play the violin well. Don't play it so well anymore. (laughs) We're back with John and Pam Bloom, Deep Thinker Thursday. If you've had a crisis of faith, let me know what it is. If you want us to pray for you, another uh, listener said, thank you for this today. I don't think I'm in a faith crisis, more like a lack of energy engagement in my faith, Hmm. which could be a little crisis, right? Yeah. Uh, Pray that I can stay open to the Lord and bring my exhaustion to him. Mm. I keep being reminded of the verse that talks about coming to the Lord for all those who are weary and heavy laden. Prayer for strength and to learn how to abide in Christ even when more I'm feeling like I don't have energy to pray, commune with the Lord. Thank you. Well, let's just pray for him. Mm-hmm. It's a it's, or, a, it's or, a woman. Uh, yes. Pray for her. Yes. Her name is Victoria. I don't think she'd mind. Okay. Well, we just want to honor her, Victoria's request, Lord, and ask for you to strengthen her. Um, give her strength in her inner being. Strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the height and depth and length and breadth 
and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge and to be filled up with all the fullness of God. Come and give her this grace. You, you who are gentle and lowly, Jesus, who bids the, the, the weary to come to you and to receive rest for our souls. So give her rest for her soul and then and give and give her energy in her soul to seek you that's a that's a that's that paradoxical thing she needs she needs the right kind of energy and the right kind of rest and we ask that you do that in Jesus name and i want to add lord for everyone that would say yeah that that represents me too in a time where we feel dull and life is so different and we lack energy and are, are discouraged or just feel down and can't identify why. We wouldn't say it's a, a, a spiritual crisis or a faith crisis, but we don't want to look back and say that was a subtle crisis that I slipped into because... Um, so we, we just ask that you would, for everyone that Victoria represents and for Victoria, for each of us, you would energize us, you would fix our eyes on you, Jesus, and you would illumine your word as we read it and that our hearts would be warmed and we would find faith, strength, and we would look back and have a testimony of these days that in this odd season is when our, our faith grew because we, we leaned into you. We, we took the time with you and said no to things and we recognized our state and we encouraged one another. We didn't um, isolate, but we found ways to get on the phone and pray together and read scripture together. So thank you for her and bless her. Mm-hmm. Maybe just a, a word of gratitude, a prayer of gratitude for this lovely listener who lost their 20 year old son mm-hmm. to leukemia. And they're just at a different place where they understand despite their pain that they will suffer their whole life, that they understand that that God is sovereign and that their reunion is for certain. And there's a lot of people I think that would love a, a prayer of, of just being reminded that their, their, their reunion is going to happen and God will be there for them. Yes, Lord. Um, mm. That testimony was beautiful. Which, and so what we, we, we thank you for what you revealed to them through the terrible amputation of the loss of this precious son. And what we ask for is for you to take that grace and spread it over others who are grieving, who might hear that and go, I don't, that's not my experience. And I feel a gaping wound. Lord, would you come and, and bring healing and help, help them under, help them give, give glimpses of, of your, of your wisdom that, that extends beyond their comprehension and, and that your purposes for them will be for good and not for ill. And, uh, and that um, if their loved one died in faith, they will see them again. In Jesus' name. So at the staff meeting this morning, our station manager, the, um, Neil Stavum, gave us a little devotional line from a Max Licato book, which we all kind of said, hey, send, Neil, send that to us, send that to us. And I can talk about him now because I know he's not listening because he's the station manager, right? 
<laughs> so, I mean, he's home having dinner, getting ready for bed. So um, it goes like this. And, and Max Lucado writes in a book, Don't face death without facing God. Don't even speak of death without speaking to God. He and he alone can guide you through the valley. Others may speculate or aspire, but only God knows the way to get you home. Jesus said in John 14, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. Hmm. He pledges to take us home. He does not delegate this task. He may send missionaries to teach you, angels to protect you, teachers to guide you, singers to inspire you, and physicians to heal you, but he sends no one to take you. He reserves this job for himself. Hmm. 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 Beautiful. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. So... You were taking a deep, deep breath, and did you have a thought on that one, John? I just wanted, before we, we ran out of time, I would just want to pray for people who are, feel like they're on the edge of losing their faith. Okay, I've got one more uh, from a listener. We want to share that one first? Yes, and then we pray? Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, I had a crisis of faith when my brother-in-law was diagnosed with terminal cancer. Of course, that's a great opportunity for people to go, what's going on, this, right? Mm-hmm. I really felt like God spoke to me that he was going to heal him, but not only did he not get healed, he died less than three months later. It made me doubt that I could ever hear God correctly since I got this situation so wrong. Mm-hmm. Now I have a good friend with the same diagnosis who is convinced God is going to heal her, but I find myself really doubting that it's going to happen. But I also feel strongly that God alone knows when our time on earth is done and we can trust him. Yeah. But I can't say that to my friend because she doesn't want to hear anything but the words of faith. Yeah. Well, without making commentary, let's just pray for that. Lord, this has been the testimony of many. It is really hard, you know, it's really hard to separate what we think we hear from you from what we really desperately want to hear from you. And so, um, I don't, I don't claim to know what has been said by you or not to this friend, but we pray together that you will comfort her, not ultimately with the, with the sense that, that she will be spared from this death because none of us are going to be spared from that at some point. We're going to have the diagnosis and it's going to come. But to be comforted by the text that was just shared by, um, by Bill that, that, that you will come to take us to be where we, where you are, that we may see your glory. That's your great desire is for us to be with you. Not, not that we will stay here longer. If, if you do that, there's reasons. But your great desire is that we will be with you where you are to see your glory. That is your desire. And, that, and at some point, that is going to um, override our desires and our prayers to stay. And so we ask for you to help her in Jesus' name. Thank you so much. It's really been, uh, again, nice to see you, and I always look forward to whatever subject we ta- tackle, and today has been a very interesting one because it probably touches most everybody. Yeah. There will be a crisis of, of understanding, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not faith, but 
crisis of under. I don't get what's going on, Lord. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what we call a crisis of faith. Yeah. Yeah. But John and Pam Bloom have been my guests. And thank you so much for listening today. And thank you for uh, showing up and writing such great questions. You're such great thinkers. And you, you feel deeply and you've got uh, lots of great instincts. And you just feel that these questions are led by the Holy Spirit. So we're just really glad that you listen and support Faith Radio. We love having you uh, sh- come to my show. I, I hope you listen all day, but especially to my show. And we will uh, see you tomorrow as you lay your head on the pillow tonight. Know that God's working out his great plan in your life, and he really, really loves you. I do too. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.